This is why we have the best fans in the world. Weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. And this is our 104th episode of Talk Direction. And I feel like it's been a while since we recorded because our last episode, when did we record it? It was on Monday, but like. Last Monday? Yeah. It wasn't like the one that just. It was more than a week ago. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah, it was like nine days ago. Yeah. Sorry for the schedule, you guys. The summer is just really hectic because we have a lot of, like, there's no regular schedule. So we're mm-hmm. trying to, like, work around all the things that we're doing. Um, yeah. So that is why. Um, do you have anything what has been going on with you, Kara? I mean, we have a big episode, but just to catch up quickly. Um, so I have been still looking for jobs. I got a job as a remote transcriber, uh, and it pays, like, very, very little, but, um, hopefully I can, you know, rise up the ranks in transcribing (laughs) world, um, and it's, like, so, so strict, and it's, like, kind of really hard, and it's crazy, but it's, like, I feel like it'll be good experience to, like, because you have to, like, be on it with the grammar, um, so Mm -hmm. I think that's gonna be really good to, like, just kind of get really good at grammar stuff, because, like, I've been kind of lazy about that with my, for my entire life, but, um, Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, we what yesterday does that mean? What I had. What does the transcriber do? Um, you someone sends you um like an audio clip. Like it uh depends on like how long it is, and then um you have to like type out everything it says in the audio. Um, and but like right now can you I'm like their on grammar. No, like just the way sh- you like format it, oh. and like where you choose it. Like it's like. Uh, because it's, like, harder than you think because the way you talk isn't the way you write, but you have to make it look right when mm-hmm. it's written. <laughs> so you have to, like, not change mm-hmm. the words, but somehow make it grammatically correct without changing the words. And I'm just like, I don't know how to do this! Um, yeah. and, yeah, my, my boss is, like, really, really strict, but, you know, I think it'll be good. Um, and I still have my foster cats, and... Um, I love them so much, and I'm low-key trying to adopt one of them. Nice. Uh, so, um, you know, head over to our <laughs> Patreon if you want to help me adopt a cat and be happy with my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, our yeah. Patreon, for those who don't know, is where we put all this extra bonus content. It's So that is what Kara's mentioning when she says the Patreon. And actually, if you are a Patreon... Um, supporter this week it's good because there's a lot of photos on the google doc and like quotes and stuff so you can actually just like listen to the episode and have the google doc in front of you if you want um and that's available to anyone on the 250 level Mm -hmm. or up um i've been watching a lot of are you the one have you heard of that show no what's that is it a reality show it's this reality show yeah um also (laughs) starting between us saying things so um but, uh, what was I saying? Oh, it's this reality show where 11 guys and 11 girls, like, get put together in a house, and they've been sort of by the experts ma- matched up to have, like, a pair that's supposed to be, like, their perfect match, and they have to work as a group to figure out who everyone's perfect matches are, and it's not just, like, if you find your perfect match, you win, it's, like, 
the whole group has to get all 11 matches correct. So it's like, yeah, it's really entertaining. And of course, like people you, you like are able to find out whether or not, like sometimes once an episode, find out whether or not someone is a perfect match or isn't. And like people get attached to the relationships that aren't their perfect match. And so it causes a lot of drama and it's a really just, uh, you know, good reality show. <laughs> I want to know like how they decide how someone's a perfect match. I know. Honestly, I mean, they, they say, like, oh, we had to take a whole bunch of tests, but, like, I also just don't know how much they're, like, how much detail they went into. Like, did they just, like, have these 22 people yeah. and then match them up the best they could? Or, like, did they specifically try to find people that actually are really good for them? I don't really know. So. Yeah. Mm. And it's really sad when, like, people that you want to be together find out that they're not the perfect match and then they cry and stuff. And God! I know. Oh. <laughs> but it's like... That's just, so annoying. But it's like, you just want to be like, just play the dumb game, and then you can meet whoever, you can be with whoever you want after the show is over. Like, get the money, and then... True. Like, but whatever. They're playing with their hearts. So that's been really entertaining. Um, currently, right now, the Dunkirk premiere is going on, um, and we're actually going to be oh together gosh. next week to see Dunkirk. We're going to see it on the Friday... Um, and I'm sure we're going to be recording, like, that weekend as well to talk about it. But the premiere's happening right now, so we've been, mm -hmm. like, looking at what Harry's wearing, and Anne is there, which is beautiful, and um, so we're not going to be able to really keep updated on that, because we have to record, but yeah, that's what's happening right now. And Harry looks really beautiful, mm -hmm. and he has some really nice shoes, and Anne looks beautiful, as per usual. I'm excited to see all, like, the live carpet interviews and stuff. Um... Uh, last episode, we um, recorded with Zan, who is the author of Grace and the Fever. We talked all about her book, and you guys have had such a positive response to that episode, yes. and a lot of you have started reading the book, which is so exciting, and we would love to get your feedback on the book once you have read it, because um, we're thinking of doing an episode where we just sort of like do a talk back, sort of like a book club. Um, about Zan's book. So if you haven't read it, it's Zan's, uh, Zan Romanoff, and it's called Grace and the Fever, and it's all about, like, a girl who's in a fandom, a band fandom, similar to, like, the One Direction fandom, and she ends up meeting one of the band members, and it's, like, her adventure with that, um, and our whole episode last week didn't ruin it, there was no spoilers, um, but we talked about mm -hmm. fandom culture, um, and feminism, and, like, the good and the bad, and all that type of stuff, so... It was really great having her on, so definitely go listen to that episode and check out her book. Um, and then, oh yeah, we said last week that we were going to do a song discussion this week, but then we got so much news and stuff that we just figured that it just would not work to do a song discussion for Harry's album, um, which sucks because like we, we've literally only talked about like Sign of the Times, and we haven't like literally gone into any songs, and it's been like two months since his album's been out, which is crazy. Oh, um, God. So we... Like, Everyone is just doing there, stuff, man. I know, but I'm thinking like, well, next week we're going to be talking about Dunkirk and Back to You is oh, out, yeah. so we're not going to be able to talk about it then. And if we do a Dunkirk episode, then we're going to have to do a Back to You episode, and then maybe a Harry episode, God forbid anyone else does anything. <laughs> Not that I'm disappointed <laughs> that they're all doing anything, but <laughs> that is why we haven't done um, uh, any song discussions yet. But let us know which song discussions you want to hear first, because um, that will help us prioritize what you guys want to do. We already have an idea for the first episode, 
Um, but obviously there's a ton of songs, or ten songs, nine songs now, um, that we still have to do. So let us know. Moving mm. on to our Back to You segment. Um, um, we have two emails or two messages from people. Um, the first one comes from Melissa. And she said, Hi, Caitlin and Kara. I recently started listening to your podcast. I'm slowly working my way through all 100 plus episodes. And I wanted to compliment you on the awesome job you do every week. Each and every week. Your show has definitely helped to fill the One Direction shape hole that developed in my heart since the start of the hiatus. I became a fan after reading the fanfic after, so I was a little late to the game. I didn't actually like the story very much, but it did get me interested in learning more about the boys. I downloaded their music and started checking out their videos and YouTube and Tumblr. The moment that really sealed the deal for me was watching the Universal Studios TV special around the holidays in 2014. I've been a fan ever since. Okay, that got a little long-winded. I just finished listening to episode 102. You mentioned daydreams, and I thought I'd share mine. I have a bunch of different scenarios that run through my head, but they usually involve bumping into one of the boys at a theme park and spending the day together. Oh. Just thought I'd throw my two cents in for you guys, uh, since you guys are brave enough to share yours on the air. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I look forward to you, <laughs> forward to your new episodes every week. All the love, Melissa. Um, this is in reference to, like, like she said, episode 102, where Lucia had sent us a voicemail, um, and a message asking, like, were there any sort of scenarios we always picture in our head related to One Direction? And, like, after doing that, I, like, realized, like, looking back, I was like, wow, I wasn't just talking to Kara there, I was, I was talking to our whole (laughs) listenership, (laughs) like, (laughs) that's a bit embarrassing, um, but, yeah, send us your, like, One Direction, Daydreams. Uh, scenarios that you daydreams that are better in your head because to make me feel a little bit better. Um, I like this one, going to a, an amusement park. That would be so much fun with the That place. would be really fun. Also, I really thought it was interesting that um, she read after and didn't like it, but then was interested in the boys and like wanted to like learn more about them. Because usually, I don't know, I feel like if you didn't like a fan fiction you read, um, you probably wouldn't want to, like, go and, like, investigate, mm-hmm. like, what the source material was. But I thought this was re- very interesting. Yeah, it is so cool. And, like, getting into a fandom through something of the fandom, not yeah. through the actual thing, you know? That is very it's interesting. Really interesting. Um, our, next mes- our next message comes from Stephanie, who says, Hey, ladies, happy done with school summertime. I have been binge listening to the show in the afternoon while the kids are still at camp to catch up. Excited you both get to see Harry's tour. That should be exciting. I was listening to it while I was cleaning over the weekend, and my fiancé was like, this rocks. Who is this? I told them. I told him it was Harry Styles, and he was like, the One Direction kid? <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that, LOL. Um, I love this. I love, like, how many people are, like, getting their husbands or fiancés to listen and, like, getting them involved. I feel like a lot of our listeners have said that or, like, I've seen on their Twitters, like, other people who might not have been into One Direction, but getting into Harry Styles, which is always a good mm-hmm. thing. So this is... This is a nice message. Mm-hmm. Thanks for writing in. You guys can send us like messages on Twitter at talk underscore direction. We have, um, you can send us DMs. You can send us um, Tumblr posts. Um, what else? Comment on Twitter, on Instagram. Email. Just talk direction. Classic. Just email us. Yeah, talk direction at gmail.com. Throw a message um, into the wind. Messages and we love reading them on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we'll try to catch it. We'll try to find it. It'll make its way here eventually. 
Okay, moving on to news slash, like, this mishmash of an episode, because the news is all really big, so it's pretty much the whole episode, um, and we're just going to have discussions, because we have Niall Tour to talk about, Harry Dunkirk interviews to talk about, Get Low to talk about from Liam, and finally Louis magazine article, which came out, like, the 25th of freaking June, and somehow we haven't even talked about it yet. I don't know, but this is this is a jam-packed episode, um, so let us just get right in. Um, Niall has continued to send us these incredibly beautiful handwritten letter letters, and I love it. Um, this one he sent us says, Hi guys, it's been incredible to see such an amazing reaction to the Flickr sessions. Thank you so much, as per usual, for your love and support. For those of you wondering why I'm not stopping nearer to near you this time, please bear with me a little longer while I plan 2018. This is just the beginning and an opportunity for me to relearn the craft of doing shows and touring in general. Please stay patient, and there will be more exciting news soon. Love you all, Nyler XX. Um, so of course he is referencing his tour that he announced called The Flicker Sessions. Um, I freaking love this name, first of all. It just, like, perfectly fits Nile. Um, and so he is going on tour. He's doing small venues, similar size to, like, Harry's. Um, I think one of them is, this, like, the same venue that Harry's playing at um, on his, like, first sort of portion of his tour. Um, are you looking to get tickets for this or sign up for the verified fan thing? Um, I... Did that happen already? Because, um, I saw someone say I managed to get a ticket. What? <laughs> I didn't think it had happened already. I didn't think it happened either already, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I think maybe I'll try to wait until, like, the last... And, like, try to maybe snag something, like, when it's closer, but I just don't have the extra money right now, especially because I'm trying to save for a cat. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be the reality of my situations. Like, I'm just going to be like, this is my new son. I can't afford to see my other sons on tour. Um, but, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that makes two of us because I am not going to be anywhere near any of the places he's performing, which is really sad because he's performing in London, like, the end of August, and I'm not getting to London because, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to school in London next year for my master's. Um... And I will be going in mid-September, and oh. by that time he's going to be in the U.S., so I conveniently miss all of the shows that are possible, so that's really sad. At least it didn't happen with um, Harry. Luckily, he will be coming back in 2018. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the thing. I was like, if this had happened with Harry, I would have been... Like, with Harry, I was, like, ready to fly yeah. back to the U.S., <laughs> like, to see him. Like, I was ready. Um, but, like, Niall, I just can't do that. Not that I don't love Niall. But um, I'm going to wait till 2018. Um, but that means for you guys, anyone who does get to go um, to Niall's tour, we would love to have you on the show. So, like, let us know if you're getting tickets mm -hmm. for that um, because we definitely want you on the show. And also, we're terrible at planning ahead for those things. So the earlier we plan ahead, the better, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> so get in contact now. Um, but that that is so exciting. Uh, we're, we were, Karen and I were talking about, like, what is he actually going to perform, though? Like... His album, he said in many interviews that it's not coming out until October and November, which I don't think is changing. I don't think it's just going to pop up, like, next month. I really feel like it's coming, like, later on. Yeah, because um, someone said that the... Like, um, now he's doing a tour? Someone said, because um, I was like, oh, does that mean the album's coming out, like, before um, August 29th? But on his website, apparently it says it's coming out October 20th. And apparently Ariana Grande did the same thing where she did shows where she performed her album, like the entire album, before it officially came out, 
which I think is really bizarre and not a very, yeah, not really? a smart marketing move, I don't think at all. So I, because like, I mean, Flickr Sessions does sound like it's shorter than an actual tour and he doesn't want to market it as an actual tour. Um, so maybe he's doing like, I think he said yeah. like maybe he'd probably do some like One Direction, like One Direction songs and like some covers. But, like, he still, it still is not, like, it's still his own show. Mm -hmm. It's not a part of a bigger show with other artists. So it can't be, like, four songs yeah. and, like, you know, you hit the road. Um, so, I mean, we shall see. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know, because if people are buying tickets, you have to give them a show that's, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, you can't not. At least. So, like, that's another reason to get tickets for 2018, just so you know he'll have all his um, songs so done true. by then. So you'll get to hear them all live. Um, well, we're justifying yeah, ourselves. Know. I know. I mean, he has This Town, Slow Hands, and On the Loose so far from his album. I could see him throwing in, like, another song. And then, like, covers. Like, I honestly don't know what he's going to do. Like, unless it's, like... if it, I could see it if it was, like, small little rooms where he was sitting down in a yeah. circle with people. That being a Flickr session and only playing, like, seven songs. And, like, not charging people. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I really don't know. Um, this will be interesting to see, but I'm excited to get videos of these, even though mm -hmm. we can't go. Like, it's so great to, um, like, just even watch the videos and get to see that type of interaction. Um, so I'll, I'll be excited for that. I know um, someone just recently contacted us on Twitter about starting, like, a um, Harry Tour um, Snapchat which I think is such a great idea. I, I know people do it for Ed Sheeran and other artists, um, but, like, so someone's in charge of the Snapchat for every, like, concert Harry does, so people can watch it back at home, which I just think is, like, really, really awesome. Um, so we'll, we'll let you know more about that once they get back to me. Um, but, like, I feel like that should happen for Niall's mm -hmm. tour as well. Um, okay, anything else about Niall? And this stuff here? His handwriting is just so cute, and it continually makes me so happy looking at it. I know. The fact that he, like, capitalizes pretty much, like, every word is just really beautiful. <laughs> um, moving on to yeah. Dunkirk news. And there's been so much, which is just so incredible. Um, have you been mm -hmm. watching the interviews or watching the little clips that people post? Yeah, I've been watching the, like, just, like, the hairy parts, yeah. Yeah, thankfully, like, people, like, suck out all Harry's stuff so that you don't have to sift through it all. But honestly, hearing, like, from all the actors is really, um, cool. Yeah, it actually is. Um, I put, I don't know if this was originally in, in a different language or I just got the wrong picture. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> but I've got this cover of, um, a magazine that, Harry and the rest of, like, the main people of the cast are. Again, if you're a, um, a Patreon subscriber, this would be the perfect time to go head over to our Patreon and check out the Google Doc for this episode 104. Um, because this is a picture of Harry um, and the other sort of young boys that are... It's kind of, the, the, the Dunkirk cast, like, there's not a main character. It's sort of, like, a group cast, which is what we talked about, like, way back in the beginning. I know Kara sort of predicted that this would happen. Um, so you have, um, sort of six guys sitting here, but, like, Harry's one of the six, which I guess, like, confirms, not that we, that we were wondering anymore after sort of seeing all the previews that we've seen, but, like, he is one of the, he's not just, like, a tiny little, like, part, you know, he's one of the, um, main guys who's being focused on, um, which is cool. Yeah. And I think Harry looks really good in this picture. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure. And he also, I think, um, he has a bigger role than Tom Hardy, yeah. who's, like, an established big actor. And I've heard that Tom Hardy has around, like, ten lines in the mm-hmm. film or something. But he's not really being promoted. Yeah. Um, like, he's not really being in interviews or anything, which is sad for me because I want to see Harry and Tom Hardy interact in mm-hmm. interviews and stuff. But that's really cool for Harry that he has a bigger role than literally an established famous actor. Yeah, and, so. like, Killian Murphy, too, isn't hasn't been doing the... Like, the press, press. yeah. Who knows if it's because, like, they're big and they don't have to, or, like, they, you know, didn't have the time because they're doing something else. I don't really know. Um, Fun fact, I was at a a quiz night the other night, and something came up. A question came up about Killian Murphy in a movie that he was in. I didn't know what the answer was because it was one of his old movies, but the guy kept saying, Mm. like, Cillian Murphy, whatever, and I was like, it's Killian Murphy? He's a British actor? Like, I knew. So... I was very proud of that moment. But I was like, damn it, why hadn't I looked up Killian Murphy's old movies? Is he British or is he Scottish? I don't or know. Or Irish? Well, could be either. I knew that he was from God. over there. Sorry, um, all of our Irish, Scottish, um, British listeners. Um, <laughs> but I really like the colors that they've picked for this um, magazine cover. It's, like, very blue and, I don't know, it fits, yeah, like, which the I feel like the theme. Yeah. Exactly, that the Dunkirk, like, Dunkirk is very, very blue, so I feel like it works so well. Yeah. And, like, they're all in, like, blue hues, so. Mm-hmm. And Harry just looks very beautiful. Oh, Harry's thighs. I can't get over those. I go on binges of looking at Harry's thighs on Tumblr. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> but I love, I love everyone. I've seen people, because, um, like we said, Harry's at the premiere right now, and people are like, Harry's thighs are so thick. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I thought you said eyes. Oh my god. That's what the sound quality's not great. So I was like, oh my god, his eyes are so beautiful. You just want to stare into them. Uh-huh. You were saying thighs. And I was like, how yeah. are eyes thick? I was so confused. But like, yeah, I agree with both of that. I agree with yeah. all of it. All of it. He has thick eyes, thick thighs. What thick. more could you want? Yeah. And I A thick really heart. Know. A thick heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love Harry's thick heart. T-H-I-I-C. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay, moving on. So I've sort of taken quotes, which is partially why this freaking doc is so long, and just, like, pasted the um, photo of the quote on the doc um, and sort of tried to group it. So I just, like, he's done a ton of interviews, um, and you should definitely go watch the videos, especially the ones with him and Finn, um, together because they're really, really cute. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they were, like, the two actors that were mostly together because just, like, based on where they were in the script, like, they interacted a lot and they definitely became friends. So it's cute to see their interactions. And it reminded me of, like, 1D's interactions back in the day when they would do group interviews, um, which was nice. So, um, and I know I saw, like, a compilation on YouTube of, like, just the Harry Finn, like, best funny moments um, already people are doing that. So if you don't want to sit through all the interviews, like you can go find that compilation. Um, but some of the quotes that Harry was talking about in terms of just filming, um, I'm going to read them and then we can talk about them. He said, on my first day, when we finished my first shot, Chris was like, congratulations, Harry, you just filmed your first shot. I started tearing up and Chris said it was because I got sand in my eyes. Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) We've always known Harry's been emotional. Niall has said he's the one who cries the most, um, but I love it being confirmed, and I mean, I would start tearing up too. I get emotional about, like, really nostalgic things like that, so, um, 
I like, and I, I feel like Chris was like, uh, encouraging or not encouraging, but like understood it too. Oh. Like, you just filmed your first shot, like the um, immensity of it. The I don't know what the word is. Whatever the the weight, coolness, the weight of the first shot. So, I thought that was nice. Um, and then he also said, um, when he was talking about like, it was really interesting hearing the the actors all talk about like how hard actually filming was and like how um sort of almost like not it was like very real and very visceral because they were like literally in the water out in the ocean or like these big ships were literally there because Chris didn't really use a lot of CGI it was pretty much like all actually happening because he wanted to get the sort of actors like real reactions where they didn't really have to pretend these things were happening like they were actually Mm. happening Um, And so Harry was talking about that, and he said, There was a particularly crazy day. I remember being in the sea between ships, bullet noises, shot effects, the camera team, and while I was trying not to crash against the ships or drown, I was like, are we filming or what? (laughs) So I just, and I don't know what else I've included, but, like, he talks about the fact that they had to have, like, their entire heavy wool suits (gasps) on and be like, treading water for like a really long time out in the ocean like treading water in these heavy wool suits like I just can't imagine um but they're always like super humble about it because in the interviews they're like yeah but like we were just filming we could get out of the water and head to like the tent and Mm. get a chicken wrap like it's nothing compared to the people who have actually there which I thought they did a like they've done a really good job and obviously this is like through Christopher Nolan of like treating the history with like a real respect and sort of recognizing that um and I think that's sort of what the goal was if you listen to Chris talk about the movie like he wanted to make sure to do like the history justice and really like make it an entertaining movie but like not make it this big like Hollywood production Mm -hmm. type thing Um, and then Harry on his character his character is um a soldier named Alex um, and this is his character slash Dunkirk. Oh, I have stuff about Dunkirk first. Do you want to read, like, the first two quotes I have? Right um, here? yes. Where are we? I'm just a little bit confused. It says Harry on his oh, character right, right, okay. slash Dunkirk. Um, since it was an evacuation, it has never been given the importance it really had, had within the conflict. Um... What happened on that beach is a touching story. They are a group of practically innocent young people who are left destitute of everything, almost naked, exposed. It is such a situation you react in two ways. In such a situation, you react in two ways. You get the best of yourself or the worst. Dunkirk is not a war movie, but a very personal interest for Chris that is closer to the loss of naivety in extreme circumstances. So they've been asked a lot about the actual, like, Mm -hmm. occurrence of Dunkirk and whether or not they learned about it in school. Um, It's a British thing, so they they said that they learned a lot about, like, they had learned about Dunkirk, but maybe more sort of, like, glossing over Mm -hmm. of what happened in it. And maybe, and, and Finn was talking about sort of, like, the spirit of Dunkirk being something that they learned about in school because, um, it sort of, like, led the emotional like, experience for, like, the rest of the war, the emotional, like, motivation for the rest of the war of how they should sort of approach it in that everyone's together. And I'll explain a little bit about Dunkirk in a second. Um, But, uh, what was I saying? 
that they have, but we obviously uh, in the U.S. like I mean U.S. history, we barely learn about anything but white straight men. So there's no way we heard about like the British um, Dunkirk experience. The only time we really learn about like other history is well, world history. But again, it's always really relating to the U.S. or like when we defeat the British when the U.S. became a country itself. So I had never really heard about Dunkirk until this movie. Um, which is great to hear, like, other pieces of history like this. Um, and so sort of what the the whole, like, premise of Dunkirk is, or, like, what actually happened, um, was, like, 400,000 British soldiers were stuck on the beach, the Dunkirk beach, and sort of surrounded, I think, by the enemy, and were just being picked off, um, like, killed by the enemy. Um, and there was kind of no way out, and so a whole bunch of just like fishermen and people who had boats across the channel. Um, Cause Dunkirk is in France, right? Is that it? Yeah. Right. I believe so. Um, so across the channel um, between France and Britain, um, a whole bunch of just people who had boats came over and tried to rescue the men. Um, and at the time, the uh, prime minister, who was it? Um, what's his name? Uh, 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 I'm forgetting his name. I'm, I'm blanking out. But the Prime Minister, what did you say? Is it Winston Churchill? That's the only one I know, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think, I, think it's, I think it's Churchill. Said, like, we're going to be able to save, like, 48,000 men or something. And they ended up being able to save, like, 300, like, 70,000 mm. men or something, which is insane. So it's sort of the idea that, like, um, you know, that we're all in this together. We're able to do it. We're, like, going to help each other out. Um, and... Um, the specific Harry is just like in a group of boys who are in their one section of beach or in their own little like thing. Um, but sort of the idea is that you get this emotional experience getting to know these characters, but really it's happening to all these men um, in their own little sections and in their own worlds of it. So um, I think that was, I mean, Harry talks a lot about of like trying to make it so that you get the more emotional thing rather than in school they learned like oh 400,000 men like this big group rather than like this was actual people who all experienced their own sort of hell um, which I think is good um what else oh here's Harry talking about his character Alex he said Alex is a young soldier who seems nice but there is also this edge to him he comes off a little more hardened than the other guys. Alex likes the idea of being the tough guy, but he's also really scared. Um, he also said, um, I play Alex, who's just a young British soldier. I think when he meets Fionn... Oh, I keep calling him Finn. Oh, no. damn it. His Isn't it Finn? Fionn. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's Fionn. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was it. actually I've Finn, so but like, it was... Okay. Oh, maybe it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like one Finn. of those. Isn't it one of those maybe things that it's just Finn. pronounced Finn, but it's spelled Fionn? Oh, maybe. Oh, hopefully okay. it is. I don't really know. Um, whatever. I'm gonna keep calling okay. him Finn then. <laughs> maybe that's why, because Harry called him Finn. That's probably why I've been saying Finn. Okay, Finn and Anurian's character. He feels like he has a little bit more experience than them. He's a little more edgy, but at the same time, he's obviously just as scared of dying as everyone else is. I think he starts out by trying to help them a little bit, and then he's, you know, well, we'll, we'll kind of do anything to survive. So he's a little tougher in terms of what he thinks being at war is supposed to be. By the end, it's just kind of instinctive camaraderie 
of, you know, we're in a tight spot and we're on the same team, so we'll kind of do anything to get out of it. Um, and we got two new TV, like, sort of spots of Dunkirk, like, little 30-second trailers where Harry had lines, which yes. is so exciting. Um, and in one of them, he said, um, what's wrong <laughs> with your friend? <laughs> to which Finn responded, um, like, he's trying to find a way out in case the ship goes down. And then in another one, Harry says, somebody's got to get off so the rest of us can survive. Um, so what did you think of those two clips, Kara? Because that was the first time we got to see Harry actually talking in the movie. Well, I think it really set the tone of um, Alex is a more, like, hardened character because these both... I mean, obviously it's a war movie, so tensions are high, but I feel like Finn, mm -hmm. Finn's character, Tommy, right? Tommy um, comes across more, yeah. like, young and innocent and naive and sort of, like... Not soft-hearted, but you know what I mean? Like, with Alex, it's, like, very, like, bold and brash and, like, straight to the point. And I feel like... I don't know. When I saw this, I was like, oh, Harry's kind of playing, like, the, the bad guy. Not the bad guy, but, like, the kind of, like, jerk a little bit. Um, which yeah. I we, I never even, like, thought of. I was like, that. oh. Me too. I don't know. We yeah. never thought of that as a possibility. But obviously, that's a like, possibility. Harry, in our eyes... Yeah, Harry in our eyes is just, like, this beautiful, sweet dude. Yeah. And now, like, who thought he would be, like, this hardened, edgier guy? I mean, honestly, acting, like, genius. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's going to play a different character, okay? Than who he is. He's not, like, typecasted. This is, like, he had to really put it on to be a little bit meaner. I was saying that, like, after every shot, he probably had to, like, apologize yeah. and, like, <laughs> be like, I'm so sorry, this is not what I mean. <laughs> like... Um, but, so that was exciting to see his, like, him actually talking, um, and he was talking so much faster than we're used to. Yes! <laughs> Which was so funny. Everyone's comments on that were like, oh my god, I've never heard this before. <laughs> like... Yeah, my friend, I was trying, I was showing her, um, clips of Harry, uh, and she's like, I hate the way he talks, it's so slow, and I'm like, just calm down, <laughs> just like his, that's just him, you know, she, like, cause she thought, like, he was trying to purposely yeah. act cool, and I'm like, no, he's literally been doing this since he, like, came into the spotlight, like, this is just how he talks. Mm -hmm. That's how our baby mm -hmm. is. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to Harry talking about what it was like working with Christopher Nolan. Um, he said, Chris Nolan is a director who knows exactly what he wants, someone who looks at all the details. It's very easy to work with him because he's a very receptive person to what you have to offer. I was afraid to feel intimidated by him, but it was the opposite. He's someone who takes the time to repeat the sequence if he's not satisfied with the result. Sometimes I saw him and asked myself, how does a person have so much in their head? Because sometimes we had no idea what he was doing. Chris is always on your side. He makes you feel comfortable. Like, you don't have to make, you don't have to make too much of an effort to act. What he looked for in me, he told me, was the forces that gave the first times. The naturalness that comes with from acting that is not forced. Um, and he also talked a lot about how, and all the, all the actors did, how Chris was always so involved. He was, like, right there with you. And they were saying, um, in this last quote I have, they talk about, um, how, like, there was no point in complaining because, you know, Christopher Nolan is right there by your side in the water, like, getting rained on, freezing cold. Like, everyone, he was just, like, right there rather than, like, in a tent yeah. far away. He was a very mm. hands-on director. Um, That's which so I think cool. will really show. Yeah. What do you think about, like, these two quotes that Harry talked about? I mean, I think that just, like, I mean, obviously we know Christopher Nolan is, like, 
well-known in the industry and, you know, very highly respected. Um, but I, I absolutely think this, like, this just, like, gives me more respect for him, to be honest, because I think that, like, and also from an actor's point of view, I think that, that like, you're obviously, you want to work with someone who values you and, um, uh, like, has a respect for the craft. And I think, obviously, Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan really does. If he's not, like, trying to, like, you know, hide behind the cushy things, because he could clearly, obviously, and very easily do that. But he's just like, nah, I'm going to be right there with y'all. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be like drowning, but you know, I'm going to like be a close second. So. Yeah. And to be someone who like all the actors say such nice things about, like, it's not as though they're lying about how much they were. Yeah. They didn't, they don't have to say it. Yeah. Cause like, sometimes you get those people who are like the geniuses who have all in their own mind, but they're like super rude and very like bossy about it. But like, it seems like they all just look up to him so much. Mm -hmm. He's like a really respectful, nice person as well. So that's really nice. Um, and then is this the final stuff? Yeah. The final stuff we have, um, is Christopher Nolan talking about Harry's acting, which of course I love. Do you want to read the first quote there? Yes. Under Nolan. Let's see. Um, I was distracted by Harry, <laughs> Harry in the gifts, <laughs> um, Harry on Nolan, um, okay, um, so Harry was very committed and determined to just being one of the guys and coming there and learning what he could from the most experienced people around him and diving into the role feet first, literally, um, I think he's done an incredible job on the film and I'm really excited to show it to people. He also said, he's fabulous in the film. Again, we auditioned many people. He earned it. He's a superb talent and really delivered the goods with great passion. I'm excited for what, I'm excited for people to see what he's done with the film. We're trying not to oversell that because it's an ensemble film, but he's pretty terrific in my opinion. Can you read the next one? Um, The truth is I casted Harry because he fit the part wonderfully and truly earned his seat at the table. I think what he does in the film is really remarkable in its subtlety and its truthfulness. I hope people will come to his experience with an open mind because he's an extraordinarily talented actor. And finally, and I like this one, uh, this comparison a lot, he said, as a director, I have to trust my instincts, my ability to figure out who's the right guy for the part. I'm not too worried about baggage. I was new to Harry. I mean, I've heard his name from my kids, but I wasn't really familiar with him. What I was seeing when he auditioned was a very charismatic guy who clearly had a truthfulness and a subtlety in his ability to perform as a film actor. When I cast Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark Knight, it raised a lot of eyebrows and caused a lot of comment. I have to trust my instincts, and Harry was perfect for this part. So, I mean, these are unbelievable mm-hmm. reviews from the director. We've also heard from people who've actually seen the film that Harry does such a, an amazing job, and like he's getting really respect for it and I'm glad that's happening because you could just see someone being petty and being like yeah Harry's not great even Mm -hmm. though like he is but like the reviews have come back so positively and like this comparison to Heath Ledger like so cool I just I'm so excited to see what Harry has done that made Christopher Nolan say all this what is I mean a comparison to Heath Ledger not that he's saying like his acting like he's just saying like the like, the response to him is the same, but any kind of comparison to Heath Ledger as a Joker is, like, really, really complimentary and really, really good. Um, and I completely forgot that he did The Dark Knight and with Heath Ledger, uh, Heath Ledger as a Joker, but, yeah, anyway, um, I mean, like, 
I think it must be kind of tiring for um, Christopher Nolan to keep getting this response. And, like, I mean, I would be so frustrated. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm already frustrated with all the interviewers, like, being, being like, why did you cast Harry Styles? Like, obviously, Christopher Nolan is just, like, just let him do his thing. He did it for a reason. I just, I don't know. I don't know why people don't trust Christopher Nolan. Like, he's already proved himself. He's not, like, a newbie yeah. at this. He's not, like, casting Harry Styles because he wants to cast Harry Styles. You know what I mean? Like, if I was a director, yeah, yeah you could come for me and, like, ask me these questions. But I think that Christopher Nolan has already, <laughs> like, you know. You have a Harry Styles podcast. A conflict of sure interest? Wasn't, like, no, it wasn't a conflict of interest. Me? I just want Harry in every role. I would... If, if it was me, I would cast Harry as every single role in CGI, like the parent trap, but Harry is literally every single role, oh even the extras. Um, so, yeah. That would be perfect. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Nice I'm not going to so, complain. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I also wanted to say, let me see what I said here. Um... Oh, yeah, it was so weird, like, because Chris and Finn were matched up for most of the interviews, just the two of them, um, or for a lot of them, and it was just really strange to see, like, two guys who are new to acting, like, this is their first, like, movie, um, but Harry sitting there as someone who's, like, done this a million times, and who has, like, this entire, like, world of being famous and being well-known and having to sit through these yeah. interviews, versus Finn, who's, um not it's just such an interesting dynamic to think of because in some ways they're like on the same sort of new level but on, in other ways like harry's such a pro at this because he's done it a million times so i just thought that sort of dynamic was so interesting that was so cool to watch because like harry definitely seemed like so relaxed yeah in interviews but also like it is his first time being interviewed as an actor so yeah i was just like thinking about like the different lives they've lived and, like, they seem mm -hmm. like good friends. Like, there was one question where the interviewer, like, asked, um, like, what will Finn do, like, once he becomes famous or now that he's, like, breaking out, which is a dumb question, but it was just interesting to think about. And Finn was like, I don't know, I'll do laundry. And, like, <laughs> um, they asked Harry the question, like, what would you do if you were, like, normal for a day? So just, like, sort of, it, you take a step back and you're like, that's right, like, Harry has this, like, entire world and, like, he goes singing, he's on tour, but it's so separate from this, like, acting thing that he's doing. Mm -hmm. It's just really strange, um, but I liked that. Um, and then moving on to the very last thing is this dumb interview question that happened in oh. one of the interviews. Um, one of the interviews that Harry did, and this is, like, you can sometimes see it in a lot of the interviews in one way or another, um, but sort of just, like, treating the One Direction fandom as a bunch of dumb people who don't know anything about history or anything about Dunkirk or who are uneducated or not interested in anything but Harry and, like, screaming and fangirling, which is uh, something we see all the time. Um, but uh, this one interview was like, I've seen people on Twitter, like, what is Dunkirk? Who is Dunkirk? And just, like... Uh, treating the fans as though, like, they have no interest in Dunkirk except for that Harry's in it, they haven't done any research, they don't know history, anything like that, um, which has just, like, been so frustrating for the entire fandom, and I love how we can, like, band together at these moments and be, yeah. like, like, we're all on the same page, we're like, no, this is ridiculous. Um, what did you think of this, like, interview, and what is, what are all your thoughts on it? I just was so annoyed because the woman was like, 
Um, what would you, like, to Christopher Nolan, what would you tell all these girls to get them interested? And then, like, the fact that, like, I don't know, obviously Christopher, like, no, no, actually not obviously. Christopher Nolan could have been, like, um, I'm sure these girls have more interest than just, like, Harry. And, like, I don't know, I just feel like it was so, it was just, like, such a gross thing to watch for Christopher Nolan to just be, like, I don't know. It, just the whole thing grossed me out, and I know that Christopher Nolan was just being, like, a good sport and, like, answering, like, you know, what you would answer to, like, what, like, why are you, should you be interested in this movie? But, like, the thing is, like, with the woman, inter- like, the interviewer who was asking that question, I think that it goes to a bigger problem where um, women think that they have to put down other women and girls to get approval of men. And, like, I just, like, saw in her face that, like, that's how she thought that she was going to, like, become buddy-buddy with Christopher Nolan is, like, put down young women to be, like, see, like, I'm not like that. I've done my research. I know about Dunkirk. And it's, like, why? Why do you have to do that? I just don't understand. It doesn't make you look smarter. It makes you look like a jerk. Um... It makes you... Like, have you met the Twitter Harry Movie News? Or is that what it's Styles called? Styles Movie like, News. honestly? I know. I'm Styles sure that Sasha of Styles and Movie News... the whole damn news. fandom is following that one. Like, we all follow it. Literally we everyone follow does. Twitter and learn about and it. And I'm sure that, honestly, Sasha probably knows so much more than that interviewer. So like, she could more. take you like, to she, court. Like, she's gotten, like, first-hand accounts yeah. of, like, people who actually are on She's done... Court. She, like, went and got grandparents' letters. Yeah. Like, she did everything. And, like, re- like uh, helped uh. restore, like, a boat through charity work, like, raised money, and, like, through the fandom. Yeah. I just, like, what has this woman done? Like, oh, just, like, you know, dragged all these young girls through the mud because of maybe one tweet that she Literally. saw that was probably a joke. Probably a joke. Maybe you should, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, make sure that you know yeah. what that is, but... God, so frustrating, yeah, so stupid. Oh my god, I'm on, I'm on the Sasha's Twitter right now, and there's new pictures in here. Oh this god, beautiful. The suit that he's wearing is actually really shiny, which I oh. couldn't tell from the other pictures, but it looks like super silky and Let shiny. Me see. Oh my god, and there's up close ones of his thick eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be an insane. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> it's shiny and beautiful. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, he just... Oh my god, Harry! I love his hair. I freaking love his hair. I love his hair, too. I'm so glad I've, like, come around to it. Me, too. Um, okay, okay. So, we talked a lot about Dunkirk. Oh, I wanted to say, in response to that, um, one of our listeners, and she's also a YouTuber and has her entire YouTube channel, which is amazing, and everyone should go check it out. It's Felicia Style, P-H-Y-L-E-S-H-A-S-T-Y-L-E. Um, she did a whole video response to this, like, who is mm-hmm. Dunkirk question, um, and it was just so amazing and so on point, and I really love her, and you should go mm-hmm. check out her video, um, and she's just, like, really cool and totally gets it and speaks yep. for the fandom. Um, so if you haven't seen that video yet, go check it out. We're gonna move on to Louis' um, magazine so that we mm-hmm. can get it all in. Um, so Louis was on his first feature magazine. Um, oh, actually, before before we get to it, I, we didn't really say, like, any last oh. thoughts before we see Dunkirk, because this is the last episode. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you excited? Like, what's oh, going on I in mean, your head? Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, it's, it, it'll be okay. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. God. I don't understand, like, what kind of joke <laughs> I was trying I was to like, go for. What? It wasn't going. And I, <laughs> I, 
and I was, the timing was so off. I was just like, as soon as I started to say it, I was like, Kara, you're not being funny. This is horrible. Please and just leave. Um, yeah, I'm obviously super psyched. I'm paying. We're both paying twenty dollars to see this stupid movie. Can't wait. I'm kidding. I can't wait. No twenty dollars would be better well spent. Um, and it's it's an IMAX, right? We're paying for IMAX. Okay, because I was gonna be like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see Harry's every single pour, and I'm so stoked. I was uh, texting Kara, because as soon as the IMAX tickets went on to release, I was like, I'm on top of this. We need to get good seats. I'm not seeing this movie. I'm not getting good seats. Um, And Kara and I hadn't even really talked about it, and I just, like, looked up a theater near Kara, which is the only IMAX that's playing in Boston, Um, or maybe, like, there's not that many around, Hmm. Um, but I, like, was like, okay, Kara, um... Like, I'm looking at tickets. What do you think of these? And Yeah, I think I was sleeping. I yeah, Kara wasn't responding. So I sent her about 10 texts in a row. And it started at, like, so what do you think about these? And it, like, went to, um, I think I really need to get them. Okay, I bought them. <laughs> like, hope it's okay. God. <laughs> like, whoops. Hope it's okay. I just spent $40 on two tickets. Oh, my God. Um, but we were the first persons, like, uh, um, of the IMAX, because we actually get to choose which seats you want, so I, like, chose which ones, um, so I got the, what I thought were the best seats, but... Yeah, they I, were good. I was hard to tell. They were, like, front and center, not, like, too front, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that, and I'm thinking, like, who's gonna be at this... This is... We got the Friday, um, 8 o'clock showing, um, so there's a couple showings the day before, there's two showings on Thursday but I'm not gonna go until Friday mm-hmm. so it had to be Friday but I'm wondering like is it gonna be a lot of 1D fans in the audience because that's what I could imagine right it could be um and I hope everyone's gonna be silent because that's how it needs to be I know but I think that we will be I, I think that like no like I don't think like a I don't know I think we'll be good hopefully but it's gonna be exciting like um the Dunkirk sign went up at my theater the other day or the one in the um yeah. <laughs> the one in the mall that we usually go oh, to. Oh, shoot. Let me write um, that down. I didn't say it. Oh. <laughs> um, but the one in the mall we usually go to, and I was taking pictures there. Um, and I was like, if you wait around here all day, you can find out the 1G fans just by watching pictures. Yes. Um, but I'm really excited to see this, and it will be good. I'm ready. Um, okay, but now moving on to Louie. Um, so Louie was... In his first cover of his first solo, being a solo artist magazine, um, you can rejumble those words if you don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, but this, like, we got such incredible pictures and such incredible, like, content, and we've been wanting to discuss it for 12 years, um, so I'm ready to discuss it because, wow, this just entire thing has been amazing. Um, and again, if you're a Patreon supporter, $250 a month, you can see all the pictures that I've included here, because we're about to talk about all of them. Um, so if you want to know which ones we're talking about, go check out our Patreon. Um, the first one is the cover of the magazine. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the photos and then get into the actual interview. Um, the cover of the magazine, he's got his hands sort of almost like in a prayer mm. position. Um, he's kind of like looking off. Um, he just looks so beautiful. I feel like the, uh, like the background of the magazine, the gray, like really highlights the color of his eyes. Louis has like gray I think it's eyes, literally the same color. Really... I feel like they did like the dropper tool and then yeah. literally made it the exact same color. Yes. That's what it seems like. And uh, just the aesthetic of this picture, but all of them 
is pristine. Like, when we got Harry's Another Man magazine, like, that fit Harry mm-hmm. so well. And, like, it was perfect. And we were blown away. I feel like these are yes. so Louis. And, like, but, like, Louis, like, to this artistic, like, beautiful, like, I don't know, just... Oh, I just, I'm so happy with the photos that have been taken for this magazine. And the little thing on the cover, it says, New Direction, how Louis Tomlinson survived the breakup of the world's biggest boy band and became his own man. So, I don't know, if that doesn't pull you in to open the magazine, what will? Um, do you want to talk about the next two photos I have? Uh, oh, yeah, the baby. So, um, Louis <laughs> is wearing, like, a blue um, zip-up, like, tracksuit um, jacket thing. And he looks like a, a coach um, in a cool way. And he has, he has, his hair is different in both of these. Um, one of them, like, it's like, it's a quiff, but like one of them's a little bit more messy and he's like smiling and looking up, who knows what he's looking at. And then the other one, um, his quiff is very pristine and um, he is looking to the side and you can see his cheekbones so well. I just want to skateboard off of them um, on a tiny little skateboard. And it's just so beautiful. I love the gray and blue tones. It works so well with him. Um, oh, my God, he is beautiful. They really knew how to capture Harry. I mean, <laughs> not Harry, Louie. Like, I feel like they just did his structure so his much structure, justice. Yeah. And, like, his face. <laughs> like, in his scruff and the eyes and the hair. It just looks so good. And Lou Teasdale did the hair on this, mm-hmm. as she usually does, I believe. Um, and, like, the whole, you were saying the tracksuit, like, that whole sporty vibe is carried throughout, and that's very much Louis. like, he does have sort of a sporty, 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 yeah. like, style, um, and I think they captured that really well as well. Um, the next one I have here is a black and white one, where he's wearing a Louis Vuitton, Vuitton shirt, I was trying to pronounce <laughs> designers, <laughs> um, and he's playing ping pong, um, and he just looks very natural in this ping pong shot. I love the black and yeah, white with the dope. black and white t-shirt. Um, Luke, he Luke looks like he's so bored and he's just so well. good at ping pong. It doesn't even, like, it doesn't even <laughs> phase him. Like, he's, like, the world champ <laughs> and he wishes someone him. would come yeah. along to, like, battle him out, but he's just too good that it doesn't even compare. I wonder if he was actually playing with someone at this point and posing. Because, honestly, Louis could just, like, be walking around That's and look so like a freaking model shoot any time of day. Um, do you want to describe the next one? The next one, he looks like... Okay, I didn't realize there was actual food in the background. There's literally a ketchup bottle and, like, a used <laughs> plate. Um, I wonder what he was eating. Um, it looks like there's some eggs in the background. Um, and some mayonnaise? I don't know. Um, but he's... <laughs> I'm really giving you the, the full scope of this. Um, he's, like, leaning on a counter, and he's wearing this, these beautiful, like, mustard track pants and, like, this casual... Um, white shirt that says, I have no idea what it says, but it says something in, like, red script, and it looks really cool with his tattoos, and again, he just looks so good. He actually looks like he's wearing an earring, but I know he's not. It's just, like, this, um, Mm. it's just, what's it called? Yeah, it does. The glare from the, uh, shininess of the cabinets, but it does look like he's wearing an earring, which is cool, and I would love to have, love to see, uh, Louis in an earring or two. Um, but I, yeah, I love the mustard-colored, um, Pants. I think it just looks so beautiful. I love yellow on him. Yellow with the blue eyes, like such a good color combination, mm-hmm. dude. Ugh. Yeah, I love it. It's so striking. He just looks so good here, and like the he's giving like this stare right down the camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yes, Louis, get that model shot. Yes. Um, 
In the next one, he's wearing the same yellow pants with a white hoodie, and he's outdoors with Bebe. Do we know how to pronounce it yet? Oh, Bebe, Bebe. I think it's Bebe. Bebe? We suck. Yeah, why have we, we literally, it's been like, actually like maybe a month since we last talked about her, and we still don't know. know. Okay, we'll know. We'll know when the song comes and out, like, y'all. It's a promise. It would be so easy to look up an interview and listen to her say I always forget. to someone else say her name. I know. Um, but they're at the Doncaster Rovers um, football field. And um, we know he's been, these sh- photo shoots happen like back in his hometown. Um, and the song that he's promoting with her is called Back to You. So you have that vibe of like going back to your home, going going home. And I really like this shot. They're both sort of in these like wide leg power stances. She's wearing a yellow puffy jacket that isn't the same exact yellow as his pants, but like it's got that sort of yellowy vibe mm-hmm. going. Um, and they just look so cool. How did you describe them? Didn't you describe them as something? Uh, his pants? No, uh, like the two, them two. Or maybe that was on Tumblr that I saw. <laughs> I think maybe oh, that was okay. on Tumblr. I don't know. Your descriptions are so good. So um, I think someone said they're like the two cool kids. Yeah, like, I was about to say that. Them, something yeah, like they that. look like the cool kids like, like um, in high school that you like wouldn't want to mess with. But they were yeah. kind of actually really nice. But like yeah. they, if someone like you know, um, made fun of their friends or something, they would, like, be all over that. Yeah, which I feel like it represents living yeah. well. Um, so, I love this. And and BB seems great in yes. all the interviews. She's talked about, like, working with Louie. She's been so respectful of the fans, like, just like uh, mm-hmm. Steve Aoki was. Like, I feel like they really, really get it. And, like, maybe that's a testament to Louie to, like, picking good people to work with or, like, explaining the fandom in a good way such that people don't feel like they can walk over them or, like, letting them get more of a real sense of the fandom. He, like, shares that with them. I don't know, whatever it is. But, like, both people have been so respectful when they talk about the 1D fandom and nothing like that interviewer we just talked about with Dunkirk. Um, So I'm so glad Louis surrounding himself with such good people and for our freaking sake um, as well to, like, have such positive vibes with these people as well sort mm-hmm. of invite them in um okay and then the next photo louis is sitting i love the perspective of this one um louis sitting on a couch with his legs out but like the camera shot almost like it's not it, it like sort of seems to me like you're going up his legs like to his body yeah it's like an upward angle yeah it's really cool and he's petting a cat <laughs> god knows who's cat oh is that what that is yeah. I thought it was a dog. Okay, it's a cat confirmed. Oh my god, I love the little cat collar. I, I love when cats wear collars so much. And this reminds me of the ping pong shot where he's just like, yeah, I'm a boss, and I'm just gonna pet my cat, and I don't care. Oh my like, god. just looking at you. Like, he just... It's like, it reminds me of um, when him and James Corden did the James Bond sequence <laughs> when we pretended yes. to be the cat. <laughs> yes. You're so That's- right. He looks like an off-duty supervillain, and, like, yeah. someone, like, his, like, assistant is coming to him and saying, like, that the superhero is, like, messing something up, and he's like, are you kidding me? I just want to pet my cat! And then, <laughs> that's what's going he really on here. Likes like that. I love also his Adidas socks with like the flip flop things or whatever those are called. What are the what are they? Are they called flip flops? Slides. Still? But Slides. I think they also I think they might just be um, slippers to be honest. Oh yeah, they might be. Whatever it is, it's a it's a cool look. He just looks like yeah. really chill. Um, and then how about the next one, Crufts? Oh, baby, this is the the <laughs> one. I sent it to everyone because my friends, some of my friends are haters and they don't see the beauty in Louie and I'm just like, no offense, but I'm How unfriending you. How could you not see the beauty in Louie, honestly? I don't know. I just, maybe they just need to get their aesthetic 
choices checked or something. But Mm -hmm. this picture is the one where he is, like, very brown tones. And I think that it's, like, it's very different from the other ones because Mm -hmm. the other ones were, like, I don't know, more, like, lighter tones. But this is, like, all very earthy tones. He has... And he's, like, not wearing sporty clothes anymore. Yes. All the other ones, he's wearing these sporty clothes. Yeah, he's wearing this, like, bomber jacket. It's, like, this brown bomber jacket, dark blue shirt and he's um up against like um wood paneling and he's eating in front of him he has oh there it is there's the egg and um toast and the ketchup so that's what he was eating before um and he just looks so good he's like pondering off to the side maybe he's thinking do I want ketchup on this like what do I want on my egg um but he looks so good this picture is literally so beautiful honestly I've never seen anything more beautiful in my life um, I just love that you can't see any of his tattoos except for, like, the one on his, the 28 on his finger. Um, I just think it looks so cool, because it's, like, he looks so elegant, but then, like, the touch of, like, you know, the tattoo, I just think it looks so cool. Again, the side profile, like, the, the like, slightly side profile, so you get the hint of his, um, cheekbone, like, his natural highlight. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... Oh, man, dude, like, I just don't understand. And his eyes look so dark, like, it looks like almost there's, like, eyeliner He does there. look like I he's wearing eyeliner, I think yeah. he just has, like, such good eyelash line, too, yep. but, like, or whatever Lou Teasdale has done to his face, like, it just is really mm-hmm. working for him. Oh, that's a really beautiful photo. Um, then the next one we have is a close-up of his face. I don't know if this was, like, the whole shot or if I cut it wrong. No, I think it's the whole but, shot, um, I think, right? He, yeah, he's wearing this, like, white sort of semi-turtleneck, not really, just like a higher collar sort of um, cottony-looking fluffy thing, I don't know what you call it. Um, but the main feature is he's drinking um, milk out of a old-fashioned or British milk jug that they think they still do back, I mean, over there. Um, and he's like, it could be like a milk commercial where he's like looking up, it looks like, like, a shot from, like, the 50s yeah. of, like, someone drinking milk. But then you have all these, like, sort of modern looking yep. tattoos. <laughs> so the contrast is really nice. And the, the, the lighting, he's, like, sitting against a fridge. And, it, like, the lighting is, like, reflecting off the fridge and making this, like, cool stripe. Um, but, wow, I really, really love this close-up of him. I think he just looks so good. Um, and I was thinking, like, in that other shot, you get one side of his face and you're like well is that his good side and then you get this other side and you're like wait he has two good sides. every side is his <laughs> good side <laughs> yep um so i like this close-up of him and i like the way he's looking again it's like a shot sort of kind of like coming up so you're almost like trying to follow his eye line it's dude his really eyebrows cool. look amazing yeah, oh my god and just like i mean i'm confused as to why he's drinking milk <laughs> Um, I just, like, I I don't really, I don't drink milk straight like that, uh, slash, I don't drink milk, like, cow milk, it freaks me out, um, but, I don't know, it really does, it really freaks me out, I'm just like, why, I'd rather have water, just please don't put that near me, um, but I think it, like, aesthetically it looks cool, it kind of reminds me of the one that Louis, or not Louis, Zane did when he was, like, pouring milk, I mean, not milk, uh, juice down him, you know, when he was, like, spilling it it was like um i think it was for fader or something it was like it was like orange juice and it was like spilling on him you know what i mean like i don't know what the vibe is but i kind of like the aesthetic but also like i wish he was not drinking milk um but um i was (laughs) talking to my friend chloe about this and she was like um maybe like 
he just loves milk and he was reaching it for the shoe and they took a pic just to keep things nice and homey <laughs> or maybe he got s- secretly sponsored by Got Milk, which is a bizarre concept. Like, why was milk oh just God. like, there, there wasn't, it wasn't like for actual company, it was just literally milk being pr- like promoted, if you think about that. I it's so know. bizarre. Um, anyway, but yeah, I yeah. love his tattoos. <laughs> That's, those are my thoughts. Yeah, he just looks so beautiful in this one. And then finally, the last one is him, looks like he's walking out of his house or the house that they're shooting at, um, about to put on his little slider things or whatever we decided. He's wearing a polo shirt. Looks like maybe it's Ralph Lauren. I don't know. Um, And some white sort of sporty looking sweatpants. And he's, what, itching his foot? Maybe doing some stretches (laughs) and yoga. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe that's what it is. He looks right like he's from Gossip Girl. Um, whatever it is, he's yeah. He just looks like he could totally. If they did a remake of Gossip Girl, I feel like he would play what's his name, the guy whose name is is it Edward in real life? Edward. Uh, the dude who's like the main guy, like Ed- Chuck Bass or whatever. Yeah, Chuck Bass. He would be such. Oh, interesting. I could see huh. him. I could see it. We need to do one of the as Gossip Girl. Oh my god. I feel like Harry, I'm not, uh, Louis just has like the eyes that Chuck Bass had. You're like, right. Sort of like, so, like, like sultry. That stare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I see that. He really has that sort of powery dynamic. God, Chuck Bass was such a big. Really? Interesting. Um, not his character, but the hmm. actor. You don't like his look? I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. Well, I always liked mm. his look. I think he's really attractive. Okay. Um, like he has the cheekbones, like Louis. God, he does, and he has him. he has nice eyes, doesn't he? Yeah, he really mm. does. I never finished Gossip Girl though. I only got to like season three or something. I loved how ridiculous it was. I watched it all like a, a few summers ago. It was so good. If honestly, if you want something to shut your brain off and just like watch how <laughs> ridiculous some, like people are and like see rich people in action, watch Gossip Girl. <laughs> I got ruined for me who the Gossip Girl was. Yeah, just like I mean, a couple months ago, and I had not had it ruined for me for years. That's that crazy. I had it ruined to me, like for me before I even watched it, but like I didn't care because uh-huh. like it has it literally does not matter. It's not like, um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter at all if you know. Yeah, and they probably didn't even know until the end, right? You know, no, they don't I, even decide on these things. Yeah, because it actually doesn't make sense if, like, uh, if you like watch it back, you're just like, this makes literally mm-hmm. no sense. So the writers clearly didn't yeah. decide until like they probably like picked it out of a hat and were like, yeah, that makes. I guess that will be a good twist ending or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they had a team vote. Yeah. Um, um. Okay. What are my notes on this? Okay. Anything else about these pictures, care before we move on to the content? Um, Louis a babe. I love him, and I want him to just take more pictures like this. I think this is a perfect photo shoot for him, and whoever did the yeah. the direction, aesthetic direction, and the photography is just spot on, and, like, really just, like, got yeah. to the core of Louis. Mm-hmm. It just, it fits so perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that they came out this way. Like, and they're so artsy. Like, they could have been just, like, you know, uh sort of like the like regular photo shoots that people have who are famous but these are like so aesthetically and homey you know they remind yeah exactly and that's who Louis Mm -hmm. is he like is this person so (laughs) they just really got it spot on um 
Okay, now let's move on to the article. There's a lot of stuff, and I just, like, printed the article in the doc and then deleted everything except the quotes and then made comments around them pretty okay. much. I mean, a little bit more than that. But, so it's all in order, basically, of the article. Um, so the article opens with them talking about, like, the different members of One Direction, which it's kind of, like, where you have to start because, you know, introduce who Louis is and... Sort of, you have to start with 1D before you go anywhere for your first kind of magazine article. Um, I wonder the day when they won't bring up 1D in, a, in an yeah. article. Um, not that I mind. Because this was actually really interesting, what they talked about. They talked about the ranking of the 1D members and how they were supposedly on different levels. And the levels that they created were Harry and Zane, then Liam and Niall as, like, second tier, and then Louie. And the quote was, ranked last in any serious analysis, the most fitfully appreciated member of One Direction. And, um, and then Louie went and just sort of described each of the boys. And then I want to talk about, like, what our thoughts are with this sort of ranking that they mm -hmm. had in place. Um, Louie said, the others have always been... Like, Niall, for example, he's the most lovely guy in the world, happy-go-lucky, Irish, no sense of arrogance, and he's fearless. There are times I'd have, I thought, I'd have a bit of that. Zane, back in the day, he could relate to me on a nerves level. In the first year, we were both mm. the least confident, but Zane has a fantastic voice, and for him, it was always about owning that. Liam always had a good stage presence, same as Harry. They both got that ownership. Harry comes across very cool. Liam's all about getting the crowd going, doing a bit of dancing. And then the other guy was like, and then there's you. And then Louis was like, and then there's me. So, like, I guess this idea that, you know, uh, Harry was, like, the big charmer person. Like, everyone knew him. Zane had, like, the incredible voice and was able to, like, go off even before One Direction went on hiatus and make a name for himself. And then Liam and Niall were like, had the sort of se second best chance of making a name for themselves as solo artists. And Louis was kind of like this forgotten member of the band. And I don't know, when I read this, I was like, this is so strange to me because like, I don't, I don't feel like this was the way that the fandom thought really. Like, what do you I think? I don't know Kara? because I don't, I don't agree with um, Zane and Harry being on the same level. Um, just because of their personalities, like, in terms of, like, solo, you know, projections, um, I would think that Harry would be, like, mm -hmm. the top, um, I don't know, but, uh, I think- Harry was, if we're gonna really rank them, Harry was the one who everyone knew. Exactly. Like, he was the one who was, everyone thought would go solo, and most people knew him if they knew anyone from One Direction, for sure. And Zayn made his name when he left the band first, and he has a good yeah. voice, but, like, to be honest, like, his solo career has been a little bit, I'm not gonna say lackluster, because I loved his album, but it hasn't been, you know, all that it could be. I think that he's doing a lot yeah. of, like, modeling stuff, and, you know, that's cool if that's the direction he wants to take, but that's not what they're that's not what they're talking about here. Um, and I think that Liam and Niall are on different levels, I'd say. I think that, like, I don't know. I think that Niall might be a bit more of a fan favorite, but also Liam does have just, like, the mm -hmm. raw talent. So it's hard to rank yeah. them in very, very numerical terms because I'm just like, there's just so many different aspects, you know? Like, they're just different. Like, you yeah. don't, they don't all have to be, because they're doing different genres, so they don't have to be exactly pitted up against each other. And I feel like Louis... Yeah. I guess, like, 
maybe one of the lower tiers in terms of solo productions, but we all love Louis. He is definitely a fan favorite. I don't really know what they they mean by fitfully yeah. appreciated. What do you think by what do you think I they know, mean by I that? I don't get that. That's what I'm trying to figure out if they're comparing like the public versus the fandom because I feel like in the fandom while we always saw like Harry when you see those like vote your favorite sort of polls, Harry usually gets the most people and then maybe Niall and then, but then it's not, it's usually Liam who gets yeah. the least amount of people. Like, just statistically, whoever's taking the polls, it might not be representative of the entire 1D fandom, but whoever's taking the polls, that's usually what happens. It goes Harry, then Niall, then Louis, then Liam. So I, and but even then, if you think of the fandom, it wasn't like we all loved Harry and Zane, and then Niall and Liam, and then, like, Louis yeah. was, like, this no. last tier. Like, I feel like Louis has been a huge fan uh, hello, favorite. no control like, project. Like, like, I think that Louis, out of I anyone, know. gets the fans, like, hype, and, like, we are all, yeah. like, we want to do things for him. I, like, I'm just thinking, like, you know, just hold on, yeah. like, and the no control project, mm-hmm. I think, are huge examples of, like, what the power of the fandom does like, when we want someone we love to succeed, like, I don't know. I just feel like I yeah. can't, I, you can't look at the No Control Project and be like, yeah, Louis, you know, not one of the fan favorites because uh, the yeah. fans, like, really create, like, went so hard for that project. And, like, that was Louis' yeah. song. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel like the fandom, uh, and I have this later, so... I don't know if we should talk about it now, but let me, let me go on. I have more, more to say about that, but I want to include some other things so we can include that in the conversation, but I totally agree with you. Um, Louis also talked about being on X factor and he's talked about this somewhat previously. So maybe not, not like a lot. So if you hadn't caught like the one interview that he did talk about, Mm. it may have been new and sort of like more shocking, but he definitely did talk about this before. He said, you know, I didn't sing a single solo on the X Factor. A lot of people can take the piss out of that, but when you're actually think you actually think mm. about how that feels, standing on stage every single week, thinking, "What have I really done to contribute here?" Sing a lower harmony that you can't really hear in the mix, um, and like this is obviously super vulnerable. And we all kind of knew that this happened. Like people were aware of it. People were aware that Louis didn't get as many solos in the first couple of albums. And it was like something that fans fought for. Like they wanted that. They wanted Louis to get the solos. Um, and just to hear him sort of reflect back on his younger self and like how that was really painful for him. And it's not something that it, I think it humanizes him and like makes you be like, yeah, I've been there before. Like, I feel like everyone can sort of relate to that on some level of feeling like, they're not good enough or they like weren't able to contribute as well as other people or being around people and feeling totally out of your depth. Um, and it's just, I love how yeah. open he is with this. I think it really just makes him so relatable and so, so, someone that people do want to protect because, or like support because like he gets it and like it makes him like, yeah. And I think the thing is way. like the fact that he's so introspective and self-aware just, like, I was not anticipating that at mm-hmm. all in this interview. When I, like, I was absolutely mm-hmm. floored by this, like, self-introspective, just, like, so thoughtful interview that Louis gave here. And, like, this is, like, just, you know, the mm-hmm. tip of the iceberg here. But this is just, like, talking about, imagine being, he was, what was he, 18 on X Factor or was he 21? 18? Like, 18. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, at that age, like, you're already so self-conscious. But then, like literally having the um 
I don't know, not the proof. Like, I guess the proof, but, like, someone, uh, the very literal proof of not being given a solo. And, like, it's not, like, in your head. It's, like, you have that literal, you know, proof that you're not given a solo. I just couldn't imagine at 18, like, you have this, like, really exciting opportunity, but, like, at the back of your mind, like, you're being eaten alive by the the self-doubt. And um, I just, I think that it's, like, yeah, I think that it's really... It's clearly still affecting him, and it definitely clearly affected him. I think that's not something you can yeah. just get over, and I think it's something that's going to affect you for your whole entire life. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he's like, you know... If someone points out a flaw or, like, something that you already don't like yes. about yourself or you already think is a weakness, like, you can't not exactly. forget about that, it, that you know? You can move on, on from it and, like, life. try to move, like, whatever, but, like, you know, it's hard to be like, you know, I'm going to take all that garbage and throw it away and say it's not true or, like, say... I'm not going to, you know, exactly. it's, these things stick with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and this, I think, really set the tone for mm-hmm. the interview. I'm so glad he was with someone who was interviewing him where he felt like he could really I know. be so honest. Um, I didn't always love the narrator's voice in this in this piece, not all the time, but, yeah. I mean, he did ask some really good questions. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, um, so like... I'm really thankful I for I feel that. like sometimes the um, interviewer, like, sort of uh, pitied him. Um, or, like, put him in such a light that, like, he wanted the reader to pity him. Um, and I'm just like, you don't need to do that. Like, you don't need to make it such an obvious pandering and, like, the only, like, sort of, like, make... It was so emotional anyway. You didn't need to try to put it It is, exactly. And you don't need to force the reader's hand to be like, look at poor Louis, because, like, he doesn't... One, he doesn't need your pity. Two, he's just, like, being emotionally honest. Like, you don't need to, like... I don't know. It just like kind of sometimes felt a little forced, and I don't think that's what Louis wanted, and that's not what he was trying to do in being open and honest. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, what Louis said was was yeah. really great. So I'm so glad mm-hmm. we got that type of content. The questions were yeah. good, um, but just <laughs> the writing around the questions that they did afterwards was like, okay, you didn't yeah. need to do it like that. Um, uh, what else was I gonna say? Um, I forget. Um, and yeah, talking about the No Control Project, in hindsight, looking at that and being like, we know how much Louis appreciated that already, but with this, like, maybe not extra knowledge, because we somewhat knew it, but, like, hearing it again, hearing him say that, like, looking back on the No Control Project and, like, being like, he was so excited about that. He genuinely was excited about that. And, like, we were so excited about it because Mm -hmm. of this stuff and because of, like, all the sort of self-doubt that people knew and, and now really have confirmed that Louis felt about, like, not singing solos. And then having this No Control Project was a gift to him. And I think that really, not started it, but, like, really fueled this sort of, like, love protection for Louis. Like, wanting to be there and having this such a close-knit tie to him with the fandom. Um, I just, I I don't know. It just, I think it's really cool. And then he, he said that, like, sort of in the past, uh, sort of leading up to the hiatus, that's when he had his most confidence. And you're like, well, that could have been due partially Mm -hmm. to the No Control Project, where people were so behind him and so positive of his song, and where he had this, like, the chorus and all that type of stuff. Um, It was people's favorite song. So just, like, that working together and being there to boost each other up, I think is... Uh, so much of what Louis is about and so much of what the relationship between the Phantom and Louis is mm-hmm. about, which is really special. 
Um, so sort of in response to him not getting the solos and stuff, he, um, like, became really important as a member, like, I guess in his own mind as being sort of like the leader, which we definitely saw. Um, he said if there was, <laughs> if there was any bad news that needed giving to the label, I'd always be the one designated to have the argument. It felt like he was always the one sort of stepping up to the plate. Um, and they talked about how that led to him leading his own label, which they called Triple String, which I'm confused about because I thought it was called 78 mm. Production or whatever, but who knows how these things work or the names change. Um, but yeah, the fact that I guess he was able to, you know, be that person to be the spokesperson for the band and that helped him like later on, I guess like you can, you have that whole idea of like, even when you fail, mm -hmm. like it can help you and or even when you feel like things are going wrong, like, you might learn from it, and it can help you. Also, in isn't it interesting so, that, um, um, like, Louis like, was the spokesperson uh, for the band, like, behind the scenes, but, like, Liam was the spokesperson for the band, like, in interviews and stuff? Like, you know how he would always step up to the plate? I feel like they all had their yeah. such, like, distinct, um, mm -hmm. de like, designated roles that they just kind of fell into, and I think that's so interesting, because, like, we never heard, like, Louis talking about, I don't know, because mm -hmm. they, cause they de definitely never really talked about, like, you know, having to give bad news to the label, like, that, I feel like that wouldn't be something they would talk about in, like, One Direction interviews, so yeah. this kind of stuff is so interesting to me. Yeah, it is really, really cool, and I think everyone, when we hear I know. this, they're like, Louie, write a book, write a book about your time and experience, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that is cool to see, and I think on X Factor, we saw him being a, a leader, too, sort of, like, trying to make each of the boys comfortable, and then Liam definitely took that on in interviews, like, mm -hmm. on answering all the questions, then Harry and Niall were always like, <laughs> having a fun time, <laughs> and Zayn was, I don't know what Zayn was doing, <laughs> being moody, <laughs> whatever. Um, maybe those are the categories they should have had instead of, like, I mean, in some ways, like, Daddy Direction, and the Louis was always, like, the funny one. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know, I think this, like, mm -hmm. adds a whole bunch of new perspectives on, like, who they were in the band, um, and how that all pieced together, especially, like you said earlier, like, Louis being so vulnerable and being, like, so emotional about things, like, you wouldn't expect it, not just because, like, that's a brave thing to do in general, but I think people see Louis as, mm -hmm. like, sort of the funny joker, or, like, did in the past, maybe not in this past year, but, like, to see just to get this new perspective and, like, grow your opinion of who Louis is as a person. Um, For I think sure. it's definitely happened to me, like, seeing that on a different level. Um, then, moving on to... We are talking about the hiatus, and this sort of relates because he was saying, as I said, like, in this... He said, in this last year of One Direction, I was probably the most confident I ever was, and then it was like, okay, hiatus! Um, and... And the narrator said, Tomlinson argued against it. He says, when the band first sat down to discuss a separation, and then, quote, it wasn't necessarily a nice conversation. I could see where it was going to go, where it was going. So it seems mm -hmm. like, and this is stuff that we've never heard, Louis wasn't for the hiatus, you know? When they presented it to us in all the interviews, it seemed like this cohesive, like, we need a break. But Louis had just got found his, like, confidence, and then freaking they're like oh let's go on hiatus and louis probably going to said, what the hell is a hiatus mean like will we be getting back together this is not what i want like him and niall so should just maintain the band literally i want to know what each of the other like who was the one who really 
wanted it, what each of them were thinking, how mm-hmm. it came together. Could you imagine being there during those meetings? Like, no, that'd be too were, real. I don't want to see them for a day. Like, yeah, going back to those moments, like, were there a debate? Did they fight about it? Like, I'm sure. I don't know. It's so sad. Because, like, I don't so. know. Like, I just can't imagine like working. I'm working with your best friend so closely, and like having to talk like biz, like real, real business. Mm-hmm. I don't know, especially when you don't agree. Like, yeah. and it's oh. such a huge thing. It's not like you can like semi agree. It's like literally like this or that. There's no yeah. in between. Yeah. Like this like reminds me of how like when you're mm-hmm. a senior in high school or a senior in college, like you feel like you finally found your place and like you're like so confident. Like that's how I felt like when I was a senior in both high school and college, most more so college. And I'm just like, wow, I really feel like yeah. I'm coming to my own here. And then guess what? You're graduated. You're onto a new thing. You're on a new thing. You're a baby again. And you're just thrown off into this world. Yeah. And I can definitely relate to, like, fi- like finally finding your confidence. Like, that's, again. like, kind of, like, your peak yeah. confidence. And then, like, oh, you're on, like, you're on your ass I feel again. like he definitely yeah. started at a higher level than he left with, you know. Like, he didn't have to start from grand, ground zero. For sure. Like, all that was built up from One Direction, which is, which is nice. And, like, when you look back, For though. Sure. Who was the most enthusiastic that One Direction would be getting back together? It was Louis, you know? He was always the one saying, like, don't worry, guys. We are coming back together. I feel like him and Niall, like, were very much like, this is happening. This is happening. We're getting back together. And, like, knowing that he didn't even want to break up, that adds something to it, you know? So. God, I feel like Niall and Louis are going to do a collab oh, soon. They should. Not soon, maybe in the next few years. I know. Like maybe next year. I'm that's like I just like my heart hurts thinking of not seeing them in an interview bantering. You know yeah. what I mean? I just feel like I feel like they're going to do something like they that. They really have to. And all their like cute interaction. Did we talk about it on the, that on the show about like how Louis had I guess in response to this interview, Niall had had been asked in interviews about like Louis he was like, Louis, such an essential part to the band. I love that. So moving on to him deciding to go solo. Okay, so Louis going, deciding to go solo. He said, if you'd asked me a year or 18 months ago, are you going to do anything as a solo artist? I'd have said absolutely not. And again, I think that adds to him not wanting to go on hiatus and saying, Wendy, we'll get back together. He didn't really think he was going to be doing any solo work besides, you know, having his girl band and doing sort of behind the scenes stuff. Um, and it, it, if you if you listen to all the boys, because Niall said the same thing, it really might only seem like Harry had a plan of wanting to go solo on this hiatus. It doesn't seem like Liam, Niall, or Louie had an idea in their head that they were going to go solo. Would you agree with that? Yeah, which is so wild to me, because, like, when we thought that, like, when they announced that they were going solo, or not solo, when they announced the hiatus, we are like, oh, they all have, they must all have plans, like, like, that's why they're, like, separating or whatever. But it's so bizarre because, like, all these, like, all of them except for Harry said, like, I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I was just chilling. Like, I didn't think I was going to go solo. But I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's just crazy because, like, I don't know. I think that would add to, like, the scariness of, um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, stepping away from this, like, massively successful boy band to, like, have literally no idea what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, not really, despite saying you're going to get back together, not really knowing if you were, not really knowing what your future looked like. Um, But they were so, like, positive about it. But, like, inside, we don't really know how they were feeling. And it's so weird, two years later, like, having this information. 
and they were kind of in the dark as well. Like, they didn't really know. So, it's strange. And, like, also that means, like, who wanted the hiatus? Like, maybe they did just want, like, a year break Mm -hmm. or, like, not to make the next album. But then they saw what was happening and then it's turned into this larger thing. Maybe they really didn't think it was going to be that long of a hiatus. Besides Harry, who maybe thought he was thinking of this album. Um, Because he did, Harry did say, like, I didn't really know what album I wanted to make. And that was, like, in early 20. 16 which is just at the hiatus so it seemed like harry had an idea that he wanted to make an album but he didn't really know what album um because he started writing songs right away and then went to dunkirk and then had his jamaica time but like the other boys didn't really know didn't really have an idea so very interesting um louis also talked about like fame and what it would have been like to um not be in One Direction and not have that happen. Um, He said, to my friends in Doncaster, I would always say getting into the band was the most incredible thing that happened to me. And it was. But it happened when I was already having the best year of my life. I was 17, 18, just started driving, didn't need a fake ID anymore, going to house parties. That's the time. That's the age. And to a certain degree, having it taken away is the wrong phrase, but there was a price to pay. and he also said, this is the sort of stuff I think about. And I know, I know it sounds ungrateful, but I think about a man on a nine to five, on a nine to five, working his arse off for six months so he can go to his family and say, guys, I'm taking you to Disneyland. That moment I'll never have in my family life. And I've never worked, and I've worked hard, but I've never worked hard like that. Not, not really like that. Sorry, I butchered that a bit. Um, but so this is... Louis sort of, I guess, reflecting on what it would be Mm. like to not have had the opportunities and in some ways being a little bit nostalgic about not, I mean, I think he really recognizes that, like, he's in a good place and obviously he's had, like, such wonderful experiences, but also saying, like, you know, it would have been cool to have these other experiences that I'll never experience. Um, what, What were your thoughts when you read this? I was just, like... I feel like we've talked about literally this exact thing because we were talking... I remember when um, the hiatus happened and we were like, yeah, they all deserve a break, blah, blah, blah. And, like, Caitlin came through and was like, but we have to, like, remember that, like, people who have, like, normal jobs, like, don't just get to, like, take a break and they deserve it too. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that's, like, super, super interesting to think about and, like, important to think about because, I don't know, I've always been thinking about this too because, like, you know, um, with La La Land and... um, when they, in the movie, when they, uh, talk, like, show how, like, you know, brutal the audition, pra- like, practices are and whatever, like, how horrible it could be to be rejected, um, and, like, I think that movies, like, really focus on, like, the entertainment and show business side of that, but, like, that happens every day in normal jobs, too, like, you go to a um, interview and you can be rejected just as, like, easily as if you're going for, like, uh, like, an entertainment job. You know what I mean? I just feel like sometimes, like, mm-hmm. our society puts more of a emphasis and more of a, um, what's the word? I guess emphasis or, like, higher-up ranking, more of a privilege on entertainment jobs because they're, like, you know, they get more showtime, obviously, and they are more, like, quote-unquote interesting. But that doesn't mean that they're any better or more important than, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a businessman or something or, like, a doctor or nurse yeah. or anything. Um, but I think it's so good of Louis to, like, recognize his privilege, um, in his position. Yeah. And just, like, again, his introspectiveness 
and his reflection. Like, he says it in such a way that you freaking know yes. he's thought about this. Like, he doesn't just say, like, a normal life. He goes, like, a man who comes home and says to his family, I am able to pay yes. for Disneyland because I've been working and saving money for six months. Like, that's really in-depth mm-hmm. thinking. Like, really specific. You know, that it's so specific. And, like, you can sort of taste that. You can taste what he's yeah. talking about. And, like, exactly that that feeling. He describes it so well. I just, I really liked this part. Um, and just recognizing that he will, like, obviously being so happy of where he is, but recognizing that he won't get to do that. And, like, I don't know. Just, it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really like this. And almost feeling guilty for the fame and money. I felt this had that sort of, like, he feels like he doesn't deserve it or shouldn't have it. Like, he feels guilty that he has it and other people yeah. don't, I think, a bit. Um, like, it's mixed in with this and not having to work as hard and recognizing that he didn't work as hard as other people do. Um, yeah. And it's these people that, like, you want to be the people who do make the money. You don't want someone who's, like, a jerk who just doesn't care and is, like, just thinks that they deserve it and that they're, you know, they are, rather than, like, Louis recognizing, like, what luck he had and, like, where he is and that type of stuff, so... If anyone's going to be wealthy, For sure. it should be Louis. Um, okay, then they talked about how to be relevant as a solo artist. Um, he said, oh, and this is like, I guess this is how I categorize it, how to be relevant as a solo artist, but like, more just like him being like an under, like they said, an underdog in, in the group of One Direction and how that fares for him making it as the solo artist versus like the other boys. Um, he said, I couldn't say to you no, to you now that I could definitely get a superstar writer in a session with me. And I understand that. Harry won't struggle with any of that. So he's pretty much saying that, like, Harry has a ton of opportunities, like, to get the people who, like, the awesome producers and the incredible writers to come write with him, like, all the people, because he's really well known and a lot of people, like, have high expectations for Harry. But Louis isn't necessarily in that position to get, like, mm-hmm. Jeff Basker or, you know, whoever to, like, come and work on his album or help him. And I just, what did you think of this? And, like, do you agree? Why do we think Harry has that ability or no trouble? I mean, um, I think that it's, like, um, again, very self-aware. And I don't think that he's, like, being bitter. I think he's just being very realistic and rational, and I think that's who Louis is as a person. Um, and I think that, yeah. like, if anything, this will just, like, make him want to work yeah. harder and, like, you know, he's going to do great things with, like, the opportunities he has. It's not like he's going to have to, like, use two sticks off the ground and, like, try to make music with that. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that that's, like, also, I don't know, it's good for him to be aware of that and, like, kind of, like, know what he's working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes me, like, look at, like, his collaboration with Steve yeah. Aoki. Steve Aoki is huge. And, like, he... Like, they made a really amazing song, and, like, Steve didn't have any of that, like, uh, like, you're not big enough, or you're not, like, Mm -hmm. the biggest member, the most famous member. It was just, like, they wanted to collaborate, and there wasn't, like, this leveling or judgment, Mm -hmm. which, like, makes me admire Steve a lot. Um, Hearing Louis say, like, he can't necessarily, or, like, maybe he has sent emails to people trying to work with them, and, like, hasn't really gotten the positive response he wanted or whatever. I have no idea. But, um... I don't know. I think 
like he can go about it his own way and he has been mm-hmm. and the fandom is definitely behind him and stuff um the next category i have is 1d fans um he talked about the fandom just very briefly he said i honestly think they'll write books about one direction fans because they are so fanatical the intensity it's remarkable um and i thought i included this here maybe i didn't um but i just i guess i wanted to compare how louis's relationship with the fandom is cuz he always says such nice things about the fandom compared to maybe the relationship like there's different dynamics between louis's relationship with the fandom mm. and then harry's relationship with the fandom and niles and liam's like what how would you describe those and how they're different i mean i think that people feel protective of louis um and like i don't know maybe it's because people think that like He's not, like, the, you know, number one superstar of the group. But, like, all the fans Mm -hmm. see, you know, Louis for the talented person he is. So we're just like, why don't you see it? And I think that, like, maybe because Harry gets um, more recognition. So we're not, like, um, as... I mean, obviously, in some circles, Harry still doesn't. But I feel like Louis is even lower down on getting people's recognition. And so... um, I don't know. I don't think that it's protective as in we think Louis needs to be needs to be protected, but we just want him to succeed and do great things. I don't know. I, I don't I, I'm hesitant to use the word protective, but I think that's like kind of the best word to use. But I don't want it to seem like we're pitying him. Yeah. Cause it's not like we're not calling no, him yes. or pitying him. It's just like this like almost like a sibling feel. Exactly. Like you be exactly. Of your sibling. Yes. It's like that, like, fam- familial, like, we're in this together type mm-hmm, of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with Harry, too, also, Harry removes himself from, like, being close to the fans, given he's, like, not on Twitter that much. Um, and he's, uh, as we've talked about, he's sort of, like, almost seen as this, like, otherworldly yep. person. Um, so it's, like, a different dynamic. I think Niall does quite a close one, but it's not necessarily that same, like, protective familial yeah. thing with Niall and with Liam either. I feel like there's just different dynamics for each of them with the fandom. I think almost, like yeah. What were you going to say something? What were you going to say? Oh, pff, god dang it. No. Um, I was just going to say, because I think maybe because Louis is like very candid, and I think that like it almost makes him feel like you forget he's a celebrity. You think that he's just kind of like yeah. your pal or like your brother just talking to you. Um, and I think with, like, I don't know, I feel like Niall is that way, too, but I feel like, I don't know, something about Louis is just a bit... Niall seems like a, like, a close friend, and Louis seems like a brother, an older brother, like, something. That's exactly it. That's such a good distinction, yes. And, and also the fact that we know Louis is an older brother, and an older brother to a lot of girls. Not that the Phantom is made up of all Mm -hmm. girls, but I think that might lend itself to that idea, like... I don't know, he's protective of his sisters. And I think that is the same way it feels like with the fandom. Like, he seems very protective of us, and we're protective of him. I don't know, it's like that, Mm -hmm. it just feels like we're this family, and he's like a brother to everyone. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Okay, then we have this other part where he's talking about, um, like, emotions being all the same and again humanizing himself and we're all just people despite like what fame level you're on or whatever he says although my problems might look a hell of a lot different they're they're actually fundamentally the same 
loss feels the same, heartbreak feels the same, the fundamental hurtful things for a human are all the same. And I feel like I have to push that constantly, that humanized, that humanized feeling. Uh, it's hard for a lot of people who are fanatical to believe that you are a real entity and a person. Um, and I just, again, like, wow, Louis is so deep and he speaks very articulately and like, yes. poetically. Like, loss feels the yeah. same, heartbreak feels the same, the fundamental hurtful things for a human are all the same. Like, I was like, dang, like, wow, like, this is freaking Louis just talking candidly? Like, what is this I genius? Know. I, what did you think of this? I just, like, again, was floored by how much he thinks critically about being a celebrity and being a human mm -hmm. and just, like, experiencing life. And just, like, I don't know, I feel like that he's in such a unique position where he's experiencing life in a different way than a lot of people are, mm -hmm. but he also experiences a lot of the same thing. Like, he obviously is a human, and he experiences yeah. basic human emotions. Yeah. Um, and I think that he just, like, wants to be... I think he wants people to know that, like, just because he has, you know, millions of eyes on him doesn't mean he doesn't feel the same things that you feel. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this, this past year has really shown that so much with like yep. him having a baby and his mom passing away and like, just like his love life getting like exploited. Like just, yep. I, they're all things that are so, we can relate to so much. And like, it definitely, he's just really put that out in words so well. Um, I don't know. I'm, this was so cool. And, it, and it, I think it comes through so much in his writing. If we're thinking about songs that he's done, like Just Hold On, Love You Goodbye, like I feel like he articulates this humanness, this sort of universal human emotion so, so well in his songs. And I'd love to like go back and pull out Louis' songs and really like study how he conveys human emotions mm. because I think he does a really good job at doing that. And I'm excited to see how that comes across in his song coming up back to you, but also mm -hmm. just like every song that he has on his future album that is hopefully coming at some point. I don't know if Louis is coming like this fall or later, like, cause I feel like he was the last person to start working on his like solo stuff. Um, but like whenever we get that, I'm, I really feel like he's going to have, and, like, Strong. We go back all yeah. the way to Midnight Memories. Strong is a Louis song. And that one is one of the most, like, pulling at your heart, like, songs, I think, that One Direction has. Or at least for me it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, it was coming from Louis. And he does it in such an easy way. It seems like it just, it, it like, it rolls off his tongue, just like in this interview and in the song. It's not complicated. It's just really basic. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. Um, the final sort of thing that Louis talked about was his mom. And, and the way the interview was structured was, like, the four reasons why Louis decided to become a solo artist. And that's how, like, it was, like, structured. And this was the last one that they came to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this one was one of the most emotional parts of the interview. Um, we, like, we've already, always known that Louis has been really close to his mom, um, I feel like he was always the one who the boys pointed to when, like, yeah. asked in an interview who was the mama's boy or, like, who called their mom the most or whatever. Um, but to hear him talk about it was just really, really beautiful mm -hmm. and impactful. 
and the stuff he said, similar to everything he said in this, like, interview, was just so open, Mm -hmm. and, like, something where you're, like, like, it just was, like, really striking to hear, and, like, I don't know, it puts such a new, I think it really put a new perspective on who Louis Mm -hmm. is, like we said, he's so introspective, like, he was so freaking close to his mom, like, all these things that you might just sort of pass off, maybe not someone in the fandom, but I think we still don't get the same clear idea because we don't know who these people actually are, but someone looking from the outside might just be like, oh, they're just a dumb fan, like, band, boy band person, and you just don't really get to see, like, the entirety of them being a human who has, like, relationships with the people around him, and, like, I don't know, I think it fits well into that last quote that Louis said. Um, but I wanted to read some of the things he talked about in, about his relationship with his mom. He said, she had the password to my email. Um, he said, I remember the day I lost my virginity. I hadn't even told any of my mates and I was like, mom, I know this is really weird, but I've got to tell you. I remember thinking, this is a bizarre conversation to be having with your mother, but it's a testament to how comfortable Mm. she made me. Um, like this, both of these just, I don't know. It just, it felt, I don't, I don't know what to say about it, but like, I just to like know these, these details, I feel really privileged to know them. Like he definitely didn't have to share these things with us. Um, and it really just confirms what a wonderful mom, like Mm -hmm. she was and like how, comfortable she made her kids and like what a just incredible human Mm -hmm. being jay was what are you what were you thinking when you were reading this stuff or what's your i think that like the fact that louis felt like comfortable enough to like tell the interviewer and by extension us this is just like really so Mm -hmm. beautiful and like i don't know i think it's like a very good um it like does her memory justice i think Um, and I think that, like, I feel honored to, like, be able to, like, I don't know, have, like, this piece of their relationship, like, in my mind and, like, you know, just, like, have it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then he was talking about his X Factor performance that he did in December 2016 when he sang Just Hold On. Um, leading up to it, he said, um, I remember saying to her, Mom, how the F do you expect me to do this now? And she didn't swear much, my mom. She'd always tell me off for swearing. And this time, she was like, you've got to effing do it. It's as simple as that. It was football manager, team talk stuff. Um, and I just thought, like, what a, this, like, mm. what an incredible woman. What an intimate yeah. moment that he's sharing with us. Um, and it's just... I don't know. It feels like like you're looking into such a private moment that he had, but it really makes you see him so much more as like a fully fleshed person. I think we talked about this a bit last week, um, how like in terms of looking at famous people, like you don't necessarily see them as full people just as like they don't see the fans as full people all the time yeah. or like the public don't. Um, but in moments like these, you're brought together, sort of, both of you are brought together because, like, on one side we're seeing Louis more personally, 
and um, then, like, you yourself are also, like, related to it because you've experienced things like this or, like, feel Mm -hmm. that emotion or can connect to it. Um, uh, And then sort of talking about, like, he was explaining um, whether or not he went solo for his mom or, like, started a solo career. He said, I'm not going to claim this is all for me, mom, but it definitely it was, which um, I thought was nice. Um, and then he was talking about how his mom has always been there for him. He said, sometimes my reservations or my confidence might have prevented me from doing something, and I've needed my mom in the past to kick me up the arse and say, you're doing it. <laughs> um, and which I thought, I like, thinking back to, like, him auditioning for X Factor, and he auditioned twice, like, he auditioned first and didn't make it to, like, the TV judges, and then he auditioned again, and he made it to the TV judges, um, which I guess is not really talked about, because Liam had made it to judges' yeah. houses first, but, like, that was all on screen, so that's mostly what gets talked about, but you don't hear that Louis also auditioned twice, um, and it seems like his mom was just such a, like, motivating factor in that, and, like, always yeah. there to, like, push him to do things. And, like, recognize his confidence, especially, like, in pairing with the, like, the stuff he talked about in the beginning when he talked about not having the confidence on X Factor and, like, feeling like he was sort of the odd one out um, to have a mom that was so supportive and loving and, like, motivating. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, she was such a special person. Um, and then the interview sort of ends with, they also had this, like, thread of him smoking throughout the interview because he was they were sitting there smoking or he was sitting there smoking a cigarette um and he said sorry I've been chaining um his mom hated smoking he says then he smiles though I remember she had the occasional cigarette herself um and I thought that was really cute it just seems like they're such they were such best friends and like so um like I don't know, such, such good friends. And I think at one point in the article it mentioned, like, um, a factor being because, like, they were much closer in age. Because, like, I think she had him when she was 16. So they were close in age. And just, like, who she was as a person, obviously, like, open communication Mm -hmm. and really accepting and supportive and all that type of stuff. Um, But I really... I don't know. I loved that it ended on this, and I thought it was really beautiful. Although he, that the, the final ending, the guy was like, made this comment of, or like Louis asked, "Do you think your readers will under will understand now why I went solo?" And the guy responded like, "I'm not sure," or something, which I thought was kind of dumb. But yeah, it was a weird bes- kind of ending. But besides that lasting line, I liked this how it sort of summed up with all this because I think this stuff with talking about his mom. Um, like, really, with, like, the culminating factor of, like, this entire really intimate interview and getting mm-hmm. to see Louis as this, like, new person that we, not new, but, like, just more, more of a person than we saw him as before. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the interview just generally and, like, what were your opinions on the questions that were asked and, like, how it was conveyed and all that type of stuff? Um, I really liked, um, overall, I really liked the interview, and I think that it was, like, definitely so much more than I was expecting. I guess, like, because I'm, I'm just kind of used to, like, One Direction answers, you know what I mean? Like, they're just kind of, mm-hmm. um, 
they're toned down, they're watered down, they're usually similar, like, they're kind of, like, they're so media trained that they know exactly what to say, um, they're asked the same exact Mm -hmm. few questions, um, they don't really have space for introspection or, you know, to really talk about what they want to talk about, but this kind of seems like Louis led the, led the interview in the way he wanted to, um, and like we talked about before, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with some of how the um, author decided to, like, you know, word some things just because I, I think that, like, Louis made it kind of clear that he didn't want pity. But I think that also in these kind of circumstances, like, when Louis's opening himself up, it's, like, you – it's, like, hard to talk about, like, emotional things without seeming like you're pitying them. But it's, like, you're just kind of giving general sympathy and, like, that's just being, like, a normal human being. You know what I mean? It's not like you're pitying them and, like, yeah. oh, I need to, like – coddle them and like you know whatever but it's just like you're a human I'm a human this is a human experience it's hard and I feel for you and that's like kind of like Mm -hmm. I don't know I think that's like how I felt for this interview um but I in general I I love the pictures I love the interview and I'm really excited to see like Louis's old career now I honestly feel like this just like made me made my heart grow five times as big and store more Louis love, honestly, in it. Um, and I just, like, I'm so excited to, like, just hear his thoughts on things. I just want Louis to, like, tell me everything he's thinking. I just feel like out of everyone, I think he's yeah. the most candid. And, like, I don't know. I, I really am just blown away how thoughtful he is. And especially, like, thinking about yeah. celebrity and his self and his own life. Um, it just It's just awesome. Yeah, and I love what you said about, um, like, in One Direction interviews, you couldn't get that same thing. Like, now we we just get to see, like, it wasn't even focused on his music. Like, they didn't, bro- like, they, they talked about that, but it was more just about what Louis was thinking in his head and his experience as a person and what he's been through with One Direction and also not with One Direction, just generally what his life, his experience has been like. Um, and I think like having the space to do that is so important, um, and such a treat for us. Uh, and I compare this interview to like the Rolling Stones interview that Harry did. And while that one, not, not the another man, cause that's very different. And there were many parts of that interview, but compared to the Rolling Stone interview that he did, I feel like this one that Louis did was way yes, more personal I agree. than that. Like we didn't. Like, these had huge chunks of Louis talking and huge quotes, and it was much more focused on, like, his feelings and what he's experienced and, like, really getting into his head and and into his heart, whereas Harry's, it didn't necessarily put you on that, like, very deep level, I guess. Like, there was still a question about, like, Taylor Swift or whatever was, like, really? And then comparing it to this, where it just seemed like he was just blatantly talking about, you know, his emotions and what he's experienced. I felt like I loved this so much. And it would be great to have interviews like this for all of the boys, like to, to be in such a comfortable environment and open up in this blatant way. But like, I yep. feel like Harry's a different person. Like he probably wouldn't yep. open up in this way. Like he's very private about that type of stuff. And Louis much more open, which is really, really awesome <laughs> to like see, because I think it, it helps people connect and be like, you know, I felt that same way and so is Louie and it makes me stronger feeling like we're in this together or like listening to Just Hold On or like listening to Strong or Back to You. I don't know. I feel like 
it makes his songs maybe not mean more, but, like, have this yes. feeling of camaraderie of, like, you know, we've both gone through hard things or things that you can relate to, whereas maybe not mm-hmm. in the same way with Harry. Um, and obviously the other boys as well have are, are different, but I feel like they haven't had the solo interviews like Louis and Harry have had so far. I guess Zane has, but, like, there wasn't any, like... I guess, there was that one with Niall recently, but I haven't read it. I didn't see it places. Um, so, but I don't know if it's, like, to the same level of, as these. These mm. were much more talked about. Um, and sort of going back to BB, um, his song, Back to You, Louis' song, Back to You, is coming out on the 21st, God. which is the day that Dunkirk comes out as well. Um, so it's going to be a big weekend, you guys. It's BB and Digital farm animals who's a british dj producer i think he was the guy who did like the re like the mixing of it or whatever the hell um and louis been posting different teasers it seems like he's so freaking excited to put this out there and like he's been like yes. making his own song because he can't help it because he wants everyone to hear it so much which is awesome that he's like so freaking excited i love that we get to see that with like louis and niall where they're just like so open with their excitement for people hearing it, as opposed to Harry, who, like, posts three blank white Instagram squares or whatever. Um, people who are listening to this episode are, like, the second half of the episode would think we're not Harry Stans or something. <laughs> but, like, I guess Harry is just a very different yeah. person, like, connecting-wise, and it contrasts so much with this Louis article that we've gotten. Um, but, like, it's so nice to see Louis so excited and fans so excited. Have you listened to any of the clips that Louis posted on Instagram? Oh, yeah. And I'm so stoked. The aesthetic, like, the, the I don't know if it's, like, um, just, like, a teaser trailer thing or if it's, like, part of the music video or something. I just, like, love the way that looks. And I just, like, if the song, I mean, we hear, we've heard, like, a few seconds of the song. But I'm, like, I'm just so mm-hmm. excited. Me too. I think it'll be really good I think I'll like it whichever way you know it goes because mm-hmm. it's it, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be like a Liam song where the lyrics could be iffy I think where I might be like uh not sure about these lyrics I think like Louis I think this song won't be like something questionable like that and yeah. like I love Louis so much and like I've already loved Just Hold On so I just feel like I'm gonna really love it mm-hmm. um and, and again as I said earlier I think he does like human emotions really well and back to you for many like reasons going back to Dunkirk, like not <laughs> not Dunkirk. Oh, Doncaster! I was just like, well, I'm so confused right now. I have no idea what you're trying to say. <laughs> going back to Doncaster, like, and just everything he's been through, like, I feel like this is going to be a very emotionally driven song, and I'm ready for it for sure. Mm. Um, anything else, Crofts? Um, I'm just so excited for everything, and I just, like, we just keep getting more stuff, and wow, wow, ah, yeah, wait, because, like, we're gonna, like, um, the, like, Dunkirk, we're gonna have to do an episode on that, and we have to talk about Louis' song, and I just want to, like, do a song discussion on it. And get low. And get low, (laughs) oh my god, oh my god. So, anything that we did talk about, or what we didn't talk about yet, let us know, you can tweet us, um, email us, all that good stuff. Um, we'd love to hear your opinions on everything. Thank you for listening to episode 104 of Talk Direction. You can go follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. 
You can visit our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com, or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection, and we will be together in Boston soon, so definitely go check out the Instagram. Maybe we'll do another Instagram live um, like we did last time. Maybe we'll do that right after the Dunkirk mm. premiere, just to get all of our feelings out or something. Or maybe just start recording. I don't know. Um, you can also follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Caitlin I.R. Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Kara, where can they find you? I'm Kara underscore pond, and Kara is with a C. And you can also head over to patreon.com slash talkdirection, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, for a whole bunch of bonus content. As I said in the beginning, we do vlogs over there. We'll probably probably be vlogging our Dunkirk going to the movies experience. Um, We do extra content over there, half hour extra of every single episode, and a whole bunch of other fun bonus things for you guys. Um, You can also rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes if you're not already subscribed. We're just Talk Direction, and we're also on SoundCloud, and there's an app for that as well. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 105. Bye! Bye!